Welcome to People with Purpose. So many people are looking for meaning, but they don't know where to start. Imagine a world where everyone could just get their purpose out of them and then actually make it happen. I'm David Roberts, and I believe that we all have a purpose, and with focus and a little help, people with purpose make a difference. And this show is where these stories come to life. Hello, hello, and welcome to People with Purpose. Uh, Today, I'm talking about customer needs. So that's the topic of today's episode. So customer needs, customers are people, right? Uh, And so we're all people. So customer needs, human needs, is kind of the same thing. And uh, organizations that don't address the needs of their customers are missing a trick and, uh, you know, potentially um, doing some damage to their business or to the impact that their organization can, in fact, have on the world. So it's a really crucial area, which lots of businesses and organizations forget about. What do your customers need? And have you got a measure of the impact you're making and how happy your customers are. And this measure needs to be really clear. I mean, and this is really simple, right? But it's so, so important. And it is evident that so many businesses of all different shapes and sizes get this wrong routinely. And as customers, we deserve better, right? We all deserve better. So in our own businesses, let's be sure that we are giving what our customers need. Um, You know, we can't go around, well, we can, but it's a bit hypocritical to go around expecting all this great service from these other organisations and being indignant and angry and offended by the poor service we get from organisations that serve us. And yet in our own business, in our own jobs, the service that we then provide to others is below the standards that we would expect ourselves. What kind of way is that to live? So there's a challenge in here for everyone, for all of us, me included, to really kind of focus on what is it that people need? What is it your customers need from you? And, you know, like I say, so many businesses are getting this wrong. I guess... At the moment, I've got a good example. I'm renovating a house at the moment. Quite a stressful thing to do. Very lucky to be able to do it. It's an exciting project, but it's uh, potentially stressful. Lots of different moving parts, lots of different trades involved. And, uh, and the number of businesses that, that have, um, that have let, let us down, either with ability to supply product or um, you know, not showing up when they said they would show up. Um, things going in wrong and, and, and there being mistakes made. And, uh, you know, simple things like not, not saying sorry, you know. Is there this fear around, um, you know, if you say sorry for something, you're admitting liability and therefore it's going to cost you more money? Or, you know, what, what's, I don't really understand why it is that uh, people who have charged you money for a service and they expect to get paid, quickly um, and on time, um, and rightly so, they provide a good service. But then when things perhaps don't go according to plan, they won't let you know, or they won't say sorry. 
you know, there's, some, there's something not quite right there. And I, and I guess part of this is maybe a little bit of fear, in, 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 particularly in the, in, the, in the smaller business owner, um, about being getting into an argument over costs and, and all of that kind of stuff. But also, possibly, there's a bit of, uh, a bit of education for business owners that's, that's needed, or for, for people in general that's needed, to, to really understand what customers should be expecting as a standard you know, almost like a base level standard. And it boils down to these basic customer needs for me. And, you know, this is important because, look, if you've got a product or a service in your business, or if you work for an organization that, that provides a great product, really well engineered, lots of innovation, all that sort of stuff, congratulations. However, your customers will not generally be as passionate about your product as you are. In fact, they might not even care <laughs> about your product and about how good it is, the features of it. What customers buy ultimately, and if you think about it in your, in your own life, when you buy something, generally speaking, you are buying the, uh, the benefit, you're buying the, the result that that product or service gives you. So the actual uh, product itself is almost you know, inconsequential. It's about what the product or service does for you and how. So if customers want to buy the benefit rather than the item or the thing itself, then if your product or service brings that benefit, then they might buy it. But whether they do or not, depends on how well you address their needs. So that's why it's important. Also, if you think about it, um, how likely are you to trust an organization or a company? You're probably going to be more likely to trust them if they address your needs, if they meet your needs. How likely are you going to be to go back to a business to buy their product again? Okay, now taking the example of renovating a house, you might not do this more than once or twice in a lifetime, right? But if you buy, say, for example, Windows, and you're talking five figures for Windows, um, perhaps multiple five figures for Windows, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 grand on Windows if you're doing a whole house, right? So you might do that once in your life, you might do that twice in your life. Chances are, if you do it the first time with a business that doesn't give you the service that you expect for spending that amount of money, you'll go somewhere else next time around. So you know, it, it is pretty obvious in a way that if you provide a good level of service, that that customer will probably come back to you. And again, no matter what the cost. And then there's recommendations. There's this thing called a net promoter score. Now, a net promoter score is a customer service measure that's also called NPS, net promoter score. And that score is based on the likelihood your customer is to recommend you. Um, and that's, uh, that NPS score is captured by companies doing surveys. So they literally ask you the question, how likely would you be to recommend us? Um, and um, if you score... Um, nine or 10 out of 10 on the likelihood to recommend, then you are effectively a promoter. 
Uh, and if you score six or below, basically you are a detractor. And then there's the neutrals. And how they calculate a net promoter score is to take the percentage uh, of uh, people who respond to the survey, you score you nine or 10 out of 10 um, on how likely they'd be to recommend you. And they take away the percentage of respondents who score you naught uh, to six. And that then gives you a net promoter score. And you know, this gives you a level of uh, a measure of satisfaction based around likelihood to recommend. Uh, and um, that's vitally important. If you think about how important uh, recommendations and referrals and, um, and all that is important for businesses, then um, yeah, that's just massively important from a kind of a, a growth point of view. But also if you think about the opposite of that, if you think about how important it is to not have two-star Google reviews or one-star TripAdvisor reviews or Trustpilot reviews, or people going to parties and uh, you know saying how badly they were treated by your business, you know all of the um, challenges that some of these big corporations have uh, with uh, not just the face-to-face -face now, uh, uh, you know um, detractors, but how viral uh, that can go on social platforms and all that. So having a really clear view of your level of trust you're creating with your customers um, and um, how likely your customers are going to be to recommend you, again, is is key. Uh, and it plays into how much your business or organisation is going to grow and how much of an impact that you can have in the world. So anyway, growth, remember, can be from a financial point of view and it also can be from a kind of, a like I say, an impact. And you know, you've created this organisation or you work for this organisation and you're aligned with the vision and the mission and the purpose and the values to do some good in the world, right? So addressing customer needs helps you to deliver on that. And fundamentally, it feels good. You know, we all want to work in a job uh, or create an organization or a service that makes a difference. And uh, addressing customer needs is a core part of doing that. So I've identified seven key customer needs, which I believe are universal. Now you could probably go on forever uh, with with this and look at this in lots of different ways, uh, but um, but I've landed on this seven core, which I believe are pretty well universal uh, you know, set of of needs that customers have. So need number one is choice. And remember, these needs kind of like a, based around feelings, right? So a customer uh, it likes to have a feeling of choice. You kind of want options, you know, you kind of want to know what the alternatives are. So um, how do you give your customers choice? If you think about it, if you give your customers choice, what you're actually also giving them is freedom, you know, and that's one thing that a lot of us respond very, very positively to is having that choice, knowing we've got options and alternatives and, and we're making the decision as customers. So give your customers choice. That's number one. Number two is rapport. You absolutely have to have rapport with people. 
People more than ever are looking for human connection with others. This whole sense of um, belonging flows from rapport, but also it kind of it's, it's it's about being friendly. It's about being welcoming. Um, it's about having a point of connection. And if I think about scenarios where I've been more likely to buy, um, if you've got two products that are the same, in essence, and you've got a choice of two different companies to go with. If I've got rapport with one and not with the other, which way am I going to go? Which way would you go if you think about it? Rapport is, is key. The third thing is empathy. So as a, a fundamental human need, I want to be understood. Do you? Would you like to be understood by a business that you're going to give money to in exchange for a service? How well understood do you feel when you're um, buying a, a product or a service? For example, I um, have a, a vehicle with a, with, with a parking sensor on it. When this parking sensor malfunctions, uh, I don't know if you can imagine being in traffic and every time you pull up to the bumper of the car in front, the parking sensors go off uh, because there's a fault with it. And, you know, it, it, it becomes very, very irritating. And then you, you know, you, you take your car to the garage to get the parking sensor uh, looked at. And they, they say, lovely to see you. And, uh, and great news, we do a free uh, health check of your vehicle whilst it's here. Uh, and uh, and you go, oh, that sounds good, excellent. So while you're looking at the parking sensor problem that's causing me great irritation, um, then you will also do a free health check of my car. That's great. Cool. Okay. And then the next call you get from the, uh, the, the company that's servicing your car is not about the parking sensor problem. It is about the health check that they've done that has identified three or four other faults that you now need to get fixed. Now, what's that going to do uh, to... <laughs> the way that you feel about that organisation. Now, on the one hand, it could be very, very helpful to know that there are other things that need to be fixed. But if they haven't addressed the thing that you have taken the car there for to get done in the first place, first, then they're not demonstrating that empathy with you as a customer and what your needs are. So be empathetic with your customers. Demonstrate that you understand them, a desire to understand them, a level of interest. And also, if things don't go according to plan, say sorry. Even if it's, I'm sorry, that's how you feel. Again, you're demonstrating empathy. This is a big one for me, both with people and with customers. And given that customers are people, it's no surprise <laughs> that the two things can. So choice. If you're, if you're looking at your customers, give them choice. Give them rapport. Give them empathy. Number four is to give them respect. These Remember, these are customer needs. Customers need respect. They want to be treated fairly. The whole financial services industry has got a treating customers fairly standard. It's there, one, to protect people. And obviously, there's reputational damage associated with financial services with, with all the scandals that have gone on the, over, the, over the years. But um, treating customers fairly is vital. And also, it's really, really simple. Right, do what you said you were going to do. That simple, and that whole thing about respect plays out 
if you say you're going to do something for somebody else and you don't do it, you you know it's it's almost like a mark of disrespect. So make sure you respect your customers and you demonstrate that you understand that they have a need to be respected. Number five is control. Customers have a need to feel in control. You know, as a customer, I want to know what's going to happen and when in the service um, that I'm receiving or with the product. Uh, so definitely, there's that feeling of control. Number six is uh, to be informed. So uh, information is vital. I need to be informed about what's going on. Uh, one, to satisfy my need for curiosity. Um, and two, it's vitally important to remember that if you've got a customer who's waiting for a product or service from you and you're not keeping them informed about when it's going to arrive and what's going to happen next, um, People have a great ability to make things up themselves. They'll fill, they'll make up their own stories if you don't fill in the blanks for them. And if you've got a customer who needs more reassurance, then they will possibly catastrophize that it's not going to show up. It's going to come late. It's just going to be an impact on on me. It's not going to be the color I thought I I bought, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So. Customers need information. And if you've got a customer that could potentially be more of a sort of a catastrophizer than a kind of a optimist, if you like, then you could end up with a customer complaint about something that hasn't even happened, was never going to happen, because you've not provided them with the information that they need to give them that sort of reassurance. So information's a big one. And then number seven is time. So uh, people buy things, like I say, for the benefits that, that they get from the things or the product or service. And generally speaking, that's about making things uh, better, making things easier, or making things faster. And all of that really is about time. Um, so you know, certainly making things faster, that's definitely about time, bit of speed there. Um, and making things easier, if it's easier... Um, then it feels like it's taking less time and energy to do. And if it's better, potentially, again, it could be a time-saving thing. Not always, I guess. But, you know, if it's if it's improving my life, then I have more time. Uh, and that, as a customer, is important. And, you know, so if you're providing a service to your customers, what are you doing to uh, give them time? You know, equate that to freedom. So they're the, the kind of seven customer needs that I've, settled on as being pretty well universal for us to consider when we're looking at our business and how we can you know really boost customer satisfaction choice rapport empathy respect control information and time so if those are the seven customer needs how can you uh, look at your business and or look at your the service that you provide or the products that you produce um, and um, how they're delivered to customers to, to see whether or not you're meeting those customer needs. Well, here's a little exercise for you. Uh, so look at your customer journey. Now, a customer journey uh, is, a, I guess, a, a posh way of saying, how do, you, how do you take your customers through them first becoming aware 
of you as a business uh, offering a service or product all the way through to uh, them having experienced it and then basically recommending you to other people right so that's the customer journey end to end so there's kind of on a basic level sort of six steps so there's the there's the awareness uh, which is kind of happens at the marketing end so awareness and then um, interest so they see something that's of interest to them so they consider it so and there's the awareness stage Stage one, stage two is the sort of consideration stage where they're getting interested. Stage three is the decision stage where you convert them into a, a customer. Stage four is delivery of the service. Stage five is uh, you know retention, uh, so retention or repeat business or renewal. And stage six is uh, referral, so advocacy, when they say how brilliant you are and tell other people. So. So yeah, so they're the. So I'm conscious there's well, sixes and sevens in this episode. So there's seven customer needs: choice, rapport, empathy, respect, control, information, and time. That's the seven customer needs. And then there's six stages on the customer journey. So the six stages on the customer journey are awareness, consideration, the decision, delivery of the service, retention, and advocacy. Right. Give yourself a mark out of 10 for each of these needs at each stage of the customer journey. That's the way that you can work out what it is. And this is basically a six by seven grid, okay? So you, if you imagine, a, a, get an A4 piece of paper, put the seven customer needs across the top and put the six steps in the customer journey down the side. Or if you fancy it, you could go nuts and do it the other way around, right? You could do the <laughs> you could do the seven customer needs down the side and the six steps on the customer journey across the top. And in fact, for the linear thinkers amongst you, that would probably make a little bit more sense. But, you know, do it how it works for you. And then give yourself a score out of 10 in each box. That's your view, okay? Anything that you believe you score uh, above an eight on, is going to be something that is going to be creating promoters, so net promoters amongst your customer base. Anything that you believe you score six or below on, potentially by scoring like that, you're creating a detractor for your business. So um, what can you do once you've been through this exercise? You can praise and promote the nines and tens that you've given yourself. Uh, in your marketing or with your team and say, well done to people for doing a cracking job. Um, and uh, you can then fix if it's under six, because that will be the areas that you need to improve on the most. So, okay, that's only your view. Of course, you can test your view against your customer's view or against the view of the people in your team. But, you know, just a simple little exercise you can do very, very quickly, uh, give yourself a score out of 10 on each of those areas just to highlight where the big challenges are or the big opportunities are, if you like, for you in your business to really focus and hone in on what those customer needs are, how they play out in your business along the customer journey for your customers and where you can make those priority improvements first. And again, if you can do this, remember those benefits, you know? Customers are not going to be obsessed or as obsessed with your product or service as you are. They're going to be obsessed with 
the difference you make to their lives. That's what customers care about. Do you make my life easier, faster, better? And they'll buy yours if you address their needs better than the outfit down the road or any of your competitors. Okay, so I really hope that's, uh, that's helpful. Customer service is a real passion of mine, uh, not just when I'm experiencing poor service, but also when I get really, really good service. And it's really, really important. If you get the opportunity to give the big up to somebody who's done a good job for you, uh, then please take that opportunity every single time because it makes such a massive uh, difference to people who are delivering service um, in any industry for someone to take the time to say thank you and to say well done. There's the Service with Respect campaign, which is being run by the Institute of Customer Service. Um, frontline service workers, uh, some are, are great at their jobs uh, and some are less so, but they all deserve respect. Everyone deserves respect. And if we as a customer, you know, if need number four on my list of seven is respect, uh, we want respect, then that's got to be reciprocated, right? So. Let's say thank you to people who look after us. Let's say thank you to people who serve us, whether it be in shops or um, in any kind of public service or any kind of commercial uh, service that we buy. And uh, yeah, let's then focus in our own businesses and organisations on those customer needs across the customer journey. So uh, our customers get reliable, consistent and wonderful experiences from us uh, and we level up, keep on growing, uh, and keep on uh, making a difference for our customers, and uh, in so doing, uh, make the world a better place for everyone. Okay, thanks for listening. Catch you soon. Thanks for listening to People With Purpose. I hope you've enjoyed the show and are enjoying going on this journey. Please remember to like and subscribe and give us a five-star review. Uh, tell all your friends. And if you're interested in finding out more about any of the things we've covered in this episode of People With Purpose, just get in touch. All the details are in the show notes. Thanks. Bye.